Thank you, Pastor Sun Kun. Um, thank you, Alan, Elder Alan and the music team. Good morning, ARPC. I'm Pastor Daniel. I take care of the Boys' Brigade and the Girls' Brigade Ministry. Allow me to pray as we begin. Let's pray. Father, who can discern our own errors? Cleanse us from our hidden faults. Keep your servants also away from our willful sins. May they not rule over us. Then we will be blameless and cleansed with great transgression. May the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our Rock and Redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Currently, we are doing a six-part series on two ways to live. God loved us and He gave us choices. And we can either choose to ignore God or and run our lives our own way or to trust in Jesus to be the Lord of our lives. Today being the second part of the two ways to live, we have come to a critical juncture where we need to face the big problem of sin. We want to unpack and discover more about sin. First, I'll be covering on our fallen nature as a result of sin. Second, after we acknowledge our sin, we are given a choice of a new life under the rule of God. So we want to understand what does that really look like. So the aim of ARPC covering the two ways to live has two false objectives. First, to equip every Christian with a clear understanding of the key points of the gospel so that we can share it clearly with others. Second, it is for all hearers to consider carefully the two paths presented. To recap last week, we learned from Pastor Joe that God is a good ruler and creator. We are all created by God, who is the ruler of everything. He is the source, the maker of this beautiful world. He made this world and He put us to rule and care over it. Just like how the diagram actually, um, you know, so when you say this, you, you kind of like draw this diagram. So God placed man over the world to rule and care over it. He also called us to honour and obey Him as our ruler. Being grateful for all that God has done for us. The, this diagram is anchored by this verse in Revelations 4.11 that says, You are worthy, O Lord and God, to receive glory, honour and power. For you created all things, and by your will they are created and have their being. So this is how God created things to be. It is fairly obvious that this is not our experience of the world now. So what happened? So right from the start, we rejected God. We do not want God to be our ruler. We live our life our own way. Let's read Isaiah 53, 6a together again. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us have turned to our own way. 
So when we simply ignore God and keep Him at a distance, living our own lives, we do not acknowledge the Creator or even be grateful for His providence. We follow our own sinful desires and priorities. We did not obey and honour Him as our King. So when we speak about this part, we can also draw um, in this drawing, yeah, where the man on the left side turns away from God, who is the creator of the world, and crown ourselves as king of our own lives. So that is our fallen nature. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. So this is a poem in Isaiah that's written by Prophet Isaiah using this imagery of a sheep who has gone astray. It is so bad that you can continuously pick this sheep up again and again and again and the sheep will just jump right back into the pit. Let's see a short clip to show you what I really mean. Right, the, the children in children's church just love this clip, you know. They'll say, Pastor Daniel, let's play it again and again and again and again. So this is how lost we are. Right. Thank you. I believe many of us can relate to that, even in our day-to-day -day life. Right. We turn our backs on God. We go the way that we want to go. And... We have read Genesis 3 just now, right, on how sin all began. Through the deceptive words of the serpent that caused the woman to cast doubt on God. He said to the woman, did God actually say, you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman replied to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say, we must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. The serpent lied and assured her that you will not certainly die. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. The serpent tempted the woman by sharing with her the perks, the perks of consuming the fruit from the tree that's in the middle of the garden, the perks of disobeying God. In verse 6, the woman was convinced. She saw the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom. She took some, ate it, and she also gave some to her husband. Wayne Grudem, a theologian, he defines sin as any failure to conform to the moral law of God in three things, in act, attitude, or nature. Sin includes not only individual acts, example, stealing, lying, committing murder, but it all is but also attitudes that are contrary to the attitude God requires of us. By nature, we are sinful. 
Ephesians 2, 3 says, We are by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. So my, my son, when he was a toddler, we placed him in a childcare really early when he was 18 months. Um, and we tried to toilet train him as early as possible. So he was off diapers. So one day, during an afternoon nap in school, he pooped in his pants. So quietly, like a ninja, you know, he made his way to the toilet when everyone else is sleeping. The toilet is actually quite far away from his classroom. He scrubbed and washed his underwear, tiptoed back to his classroom, stuffed it in his bag, and quickly returned back to sleep. Nobody knew about this, not even the teachers. But there was this strong stench that came out you know, from the classroom. And it seems to be coming from where all the bags are kept. So when the teachers ask the students, say, did anybody poop in your pants? Nobody admitted. So the teachers checked all the bags and found the sword underwear in my son's bag. No one taught my son to lie, to hide, or to feel guilty. He chose to do it because of his sinful nature. But sin has a stench that cannot be hidden as well. In Psalm 51, King David states that sin starts from birth. Surely as I will, I'm sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Romans 5.12 affirms that saying. says, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way, Death came to all people because all sin. Death itself is not God's design. We must understand that it is a result of man's sin. No one can escape from it because all have sin. When man and the man and his wife sin, they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. It was God who called the man, saying, Where are you? Where are you? Despite the man's sin, God still seeks them out to bring them to repentance. Like in Luke 19.10, where Jesus came and seek, to seek and save the lost. In Genesis 3 narrative, did you notice that sin struck when we fail to ask these three questions. What is these three questions? It is, what is true? What is right? Who am I? When we re-look at the dialogue of the serpent and the woman once again, we realise this is what the serpent said. Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? In another sentence, he said, you will not certainly die. The serpent said to the woman. So what is true in these two sentences? The truth is, you can eat from any tree except that one tree. 
And if you eat from that one tree in the middle of the garden, you will surely die. But So if we were to ask the second question, what is right? We look at Genesis 2, 16 to 17. The woman got the facts, most of the facts right. She even added an additional instruction that says, you must not touch the tree. She made God sound harsher than he really is. So, but, you know, giving her the benefit of doubt, she remembered most of the things that God said. But the problem comes with the third question. Who am I? The serpent said, For God knows that when you eat from the tree, your eyes will be open and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. If Adam and Eve were to ask, Who am I? Genesis 1.27 tells us the answer. So God created mankind in His own image. In the image of God, He created them. Male, female, He created them. So who am I? We are God's creation, made to worship, serve and depend on God. Not to be like God. Having all knowledge, all powerful both Adam and Eve started questioning their identity and eventually succumbed to their temptation. They wanted to be like God and attempt to put themselves in the place of God. We can ask these same three questions. What is true? What is right? Who am I? Whenever we face any doubts or temptations in life. Finally, we should note that all sin is ultimately irrational. It, is, it does not make sense at all for the evil one to rebel against God, knowing that God is all-powerful, am I right? Nor does it make sense for Adam and Eve to think that there could be any gain in disobeying the Creator. It is not rational. We make foolish choices in our state of rebellion against God. Psalm 14 verse 1 says, It is not the wise man, but the fool that says in his heart, There is no God. It is a fool in the, in the book of Proverbs who recklessly indulge in all kinds of sin. My prayer is that we do not just look at the mirror to reflect upon ourselves, when we spot our sin, let us not walk away without addressing it. By doing so, we have chosen to dwell in a, in a life of sin. We are presented with two choices here. Dwell in a life of sin or turn to a new life under Jesus. How will that look like? The next segment talks about our new life under Jesus, if we choose that. 1 John 1, verse 8 to 10 says, If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sin, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all, right, all unrighteousness. If we claim that we have not sinned, we make Him 
out to be a liar and His Word is not in us. Sin separates us from our holy God. But God is faithful. He sent His own divine Son, Jesus, to save us, taking the punishment for our rebellion, for those who believe in Jesus and seek for His forgiveness. He will forgive our sins and purify us. Our new nature under this Lordship of Jesus will be reflected in the daily living of our lives. Our belief shapes our practices. My friend, Bernard O, had been regularly attending um, ARPC at Bishan. And uh, he's part of BAS as well, Brothers and Sisters Keepers Ministry, who, who meets here every Thursday for Bible study. And this is his story. And my last arrest was for drug consumption. I was sentenced to 18 months in prison. At the age of 20, I left Singapore and stayed in Thailand for about 10 years, working in the underground casino and get involved in many vices. One of them was drug addiction. And for more than 10 years, I was, I was born by ice. Especially when my mother passed away, my addiction got worse and it nearly destroyed my life. When I was in prison, I came to know God and in my hopelessness, I cried out to God for help. God revealed to me the story of the prodigal son whom I identified immediately. I need to return God and this was when I decided to leave all my vices behind and follow Jesus wholeheartedly. I have been clean for more than three years now and working on two jobs to support my two teenagers, teenage son in Thailand. And I want to share my story of encouragement and hope to others like me. Thank you. All glory to God. All glory to God. So I have the privilege to minister to Bernard. And uh, in a day, he works in Teen Challenge, um, doing maintenance. In the evening, he works in a fried oyster store in Newton Circus. And uh, Bernard knows the danger of a life under his own rule. That's why he keeps himself gainfully occupied. He calls it a vicious sin cycle, where sin makes him blind to God's goodness. So when he heard the story of the prodigal son, he was in prison, he could totally relate to it because seated on a prison cell, eating his meals on the floor, he had left God's house of peace and chosen a life of rebellion, fear, chaos. Only when he saw the words of Jesus from Matthew eleven twenty eight, that says, Come to me, all you who are, faith, who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Bernard turned to Jesus, seek for his forgiveness, and have been faithful since his last release. Ephesians 4, 22-24 reminds us to put off our old self, which is corrupted by the deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of our minds and to put on this new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, in two ways to live series offers us two choices. Live life our own way or live life under God's rule. What is life like as a Christian? 
living under the rule of God. Those who know me also know me as a foodie. You know, I, I follow many food bloggers and, uh, and, and I try out most of their recommendations, even overseas recommendations. So Dr. Leslie Tay is one of my favourites. You know, not just that, he's also a fellow Christian brother who uses his work, his passion for God. Let's watch a video produced by Salt and Light. I love food. I love to write about food. Um, and I see food as a way of bringing people together, of uh, meeting new people. And in meeting people, then you get to share their lives. And food is basically the uh, catalyst or the vehicle where you start. First thing is, God created it for our good, I mean for our enjoyment. Uh, I always remember uh, Psalm 104.14 You cause the grass to grow for the livestock and plants for men to cultivate, that he may bring forth food from the earth, wine to gladden the heart of man, oil to make his face shine and bread to strengthen the heart of man. So this is what God created, you know, He created it for our enjoyment. And I always wonder, why God need to create so many different fish in the world? Because different fish taste different. And, and you know, why so many different plants? So, because He's, he's, he's a God of uh, creativity and variety. And I always like to think of it this way, that He actually put certain you know, plants all on the earth for us to discover. Then we suddenly discover, hey, actually garlic and olive uh, go so well together. Then we put chilli into the mix. And then a few prawns, uh, wow, the whole thing come together like magic, you know, it's a, like a formula. I can imagine God in heaven thinking, wow, okay, you got it, <laughs> you know. Uh, like he's put little puzzles, you know, all throughout the earth, that this ingredient will go with this, this one will go, and then if you have a certain combination, uh, everything explodes, you know. The Gospels painted Jesus as a person who loved to go and hang out with people at parties, at weddings, where he turned water into wine. And he's always eating with people and using that kind of occasion to connect uh, with people. So the meal is a vision of a friendship, of camaraderie, of fellowship that we can get together for a meal. So I think the Bible has a lot to say about food. You know, when you're a Christian, you always have at the back of your mind the main, your mission in life. Love God. Love your neighbour. See how you can serve him. See how you can serve your, your, your neighbour. And uh, in the area of, uh, of writing about food, that is still your mission. Whether you are a musician, that's still your mission. Whether you're a teacher, that's your mission. If you're a doctor, that's your mission. You are told to be a, an ambassador for the Kingdom of God. We are here to show that God is a good God, He loves the world, He loves people, He wants to bring them home. We might have different things that we do in our profession, in our interest area. Whatever it is, your mission is still the same. I have this manager group and then we just basically we meet together to, to really try to live out our faith. I mean, it's a discipleship group. So, one of the things that I've always told them is that, you know, Jesus told us that enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and easy is the way that leads to destruction and those who find it are many. But narrow is the gate and difficult is the way that leads to life and those who find it are few. We tend to think that in, in the Christian life is a narrow gate. 
And many of us, we pass through the narrow gate. But then we forget that there's a difficult path and that there's an easy path. And I think that we need to think about the Christian life as entering through a narrow gate and then taking a difficult path. It means that it doesn't end when you make a decision to follow Jesus. Then there is this difficult path where you serve God, you love Him, where you forgo your own needs for the needs of others. We don't want to have a Christianity that only requires the most minimum from you, you know. Like, you know, okay, you just go to church every Sunday or whatever and that's it, you're good enough. You say a prayer already and it's good enough. We want to really take what the Bible says about uh, living this life seriously. And we, we see a lot of the rewards because we see people's lives change. They can only change when they give 100% to God. Thank you. Therefore, a life that is pleasing to God is one that has moral purity, not only in its actions, but also the desires of our heart. In fact, the greatest commandment of all requires that our heart be filled with an attitude of, for the love of God, that we shall love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind and our strength. It says in Mark 12, a missional heart that what Dr. Leslie Day says can be displayed in our place of work, school, home, and even play. We leave it to God at times to prompt us of the appropriate timing as we ready ourselves to respond in an obedient yes, Lord, and be courageous to share about who Lord Jesus is. Let us take the effort to familiarize ourselves with two ways to live material or the presentation that can be found easily at twowaystolive.com. As we internalize this material, it can be so natural that over dinner conversations, meal conversations, and when the opportunity arises, you know, we can just integrate it into that conversation. Humbly allow God to use us to share the gospel with others. Let me end with this acronym. I learned from Pastor Jeff, always must end with acronym. <laughs> the acronym of SIN, Simple Instructions Neglected. Like how the moon reflects the sun. Christians must reflect the sun, the Son of God, Jesus. We must not neglect the simple instructions given by God and allow sin to come in between us in between this precious relationship of us and God. I was watching a YouTube video on how to reverse my fatty liver. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, many of you may, might have Googled the same thing, you know. This video illustrated that my fatty liver, in fact, is like a fire. And uh, whenever I exercise, sleep early, avoid um, excessive stress, I'm like pouring water into the fire to put out the fire. But if I do not watch my diet in the end, and uh, we are actually adding oil into this fire. So now I finally realize how come I run every day, I exercise every day, but my fatty liver still remains the same. And it is my daily diet that is harming my fatty liver. So from that day onwards, I realized this, right? Since uh, just before church camp, you know, I started practicing this thing called mindful eating. 
So I avoid sugar, processed meat, saturated fats, fried food, all forms of fried food. So before I eat any food, I would just be mindful of my current condition, which is fatty liver. And I stare hard at the options available. Eventually, you know, you realize the options get lesser and lesser. It is not easy because my go-to food, you know, whenever I feel hungry is fried chicken. And, but this is the way we must approach sin. We need to be mindful of our current condition. For Christians, we are saved by Jesus to enjoy a new life under Christ's rule. We belong to God. We are not ourselves. That is our condition. So take a moment. Stare hard at our temptations. Stare hard at the options that's available. Choose to give God glory by doing what is right and pure. For pre-believers, we need to realize that we all have sin, and that's the condition. Sin, not just against men, but against God. We need to be mindful of our current sinful state, that we need to see our need for Jesus. Making a conscious choice whether to believe in Him and all that we have spoken about today, or to conclude that God is a liar. May God help us to make good choices in life and be mindful about Him in our day-to-day -day living. Allow me to pray. Let's pray. Father, You raised Jesus to life again as the ruler, judge of this world. Jesus has conquered death and now brings forgiveness and a new life to the world. Let us choose to turn to Jesus and receive a new life that is everlasting, a life not free of sin, but a fresh start with God on our side to help us overcome sin. In Jesus' name we ask and pray. Amen.